Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just a Petition Podcast, the podcast where we explore mental health, vulnerability, and personal life journeys with creators you know and love. So make sure you subscribe to the Just a Petition YouTube channel and stream episodes. New episodes are out every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And today's guest, I'm so stoked to have on because I have, I don't ever think like I've even met, uh, like, uh, someone who does content creation and acting and philanthropy all at the same time. She's absolutely incredible. If you guys have seen any Storytime TikToks with a gorgeous woman doing her makeup, it is the one and only Esther. Thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> oh my God. The, the fact that you just introduced me like that just makes me want to cry. I love you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so honored and so excited to be on your podcast. I think you are amazing and I am so happy to be here. So thank you. Of course. No, it's totally my pleasure. Like I, I'll admit like I, it hasn't been too long since I like discovered who you were and it was primarily through your story time, um, makeup TikToks, um, which are like iconic, super oh. cool. And then like, as I started to learn more and more about you, I was like, Oh my gosh, she is so freaking cool. Like the, all of the different things that you do. And like, it's, it's like peeling back an onion with you, you know, you just discover more and more. And I think more yes. than anything, I just really gravitate to like your positivity and your radiance that kind of shines through in your, your videos. Um, and also like with your acting work, which I have questions that I want to ask about as well. We'll get to those, but yeah, I mean, thank you so much for coming on. I'm super proud of all the success you've been able to see online, um, recently because it kind of seems like you just like blew up out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, I started TikTok in 2020 and it was like my last, I was like, I'm going to give TikTok a chance. And that's the last thing I'm going to try with social media mm -hmm. before that I had done YouTube. Yeah. I had done Instagram and I had, and I had invested into YouTube, like a full time job. Mm -hmm. It was like eight hours a day of filming and editing. And you know what that's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's like a full time job and I just yeah. never saw anything from it. So when I started TikTok in 2020, it was just like the perfect time. Mm -hmm. I just, I just saw the trend and I went and I, and I'm, yeah, I'm eternally thankful and grateful for TikTok. It's such a good platform. Yeah. It's so awesome. Yeah. Cause when I was like, uh, uh, doing, uh, research like for this, you know, like do my little research for this podcast, I didn't even realize you had a YouTube <laughs> channel because I'm so used to, you know, like TikTok and your acting roles that like, I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, there's. Uh, not only like your main YouTube channel, but also the YouTube channel where you did like vegan recipes and stuff like that. I was like, where yeah. has this been? I had no idea all of this existed. <laughs> I am. I mean, very multifaceted. I, I like to it. do a lot and I have so much fun on social media. Like if I like doing it, I'm going to do it. And if I, and if I'm good at something, I know that I can stretch that and, and make it fun for yourself. And I, I, I really invested into the production of, of that cooking show. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, it's so sad because, you know, I start fo I started focusing more on TikTok and it mm -hmm. became like my life. So I do want to get back into that. It's just should, yeah. so much work. Yeah. Thank it's, you. I definitely want to. I definitely want to. Yeah, well, hopefully you will yeah. at some point. But I totally understand that because like just having one social media platform is already exhausting enough, let alone trying to build more after that. But I'm so glad it's been able to like work out really well for you on TikTok. I mean, for anyone who may be listening who who isn't familiar with you, which I doubt is many, um, I would love for you to like kind of first introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So my name is Esther Tania. I make story times, vlogs, uh, tutorials. I pretty much anything that makes me happy. I try to film for TikTok. Uh, I was raised in Nicaragua, born in Miami, but I am Nicaraguan down to my soul. I yes. am 
pinolera, frijolera. Yes. You know, I I love going to Nicaragua. I visit every single year, multiple times a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm also an actress. Um, and it's just the way you would treat me. I'm like, oh my God. Ah! Oh, good. Bad girling. Um, I love it. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I like to do a lot of stuff. And I basically have that motto in life. And recently, I've just tried to adopt it more and more that I'm just going to do the things that make me happy. And if it doesn't make me happy, if it makes me anxious, if it even makes me a little bit nervous, I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's been amazing. It's a, it's a really cool journey. That's so awesome. I love to see, I love to connect with other people who are similarly like, similarly hate being bored and always like pursuing new projects and new things. And cause like that is something that I either benefit, well benefit and simultaneously struggle with, um, just always like wanting to do like new projects and pursue new things and, and have, you know, your, your hands in a bunch of different, um, places. And I I think what you're doing is awesome. So before we get into the questions, I want to ask some like rapid fire questions. Um, I first am interested in like, what is your newest hobby as a multifaceted person? Like what is the newest thing that you've discovered where you're like, Ooh, I really like this shit. Oh, damn. Like, but there are so many. Um, recently I I've taken up knitting. Um, (gasps) that is so nice. And it's like the perfect thing to just literally switch your brain off. Mm -hmm. Um, I spend all day on my phone filming and reposting and editing. So I'm, I need something to like take my mind off of things. So I started knitting, but I'm also getting really into, um, stickers and oh. just like the fun things that yeah, yeah. like coloring and the, the fun things that I used to do like I bought my mom a coloring book and I saw her coloring in it and I was like why don't I do it yeah. and I started doing it and I was like literally three hours later I had this like masterpiece in front of me and I was like I'm I never would have thought to do that and it's such a simple thing yeah um, but those are the type of things that I, I actually need mm-hmm. in order to like kind of relax and of course like Netflix yeah. Just watching yeah. TV is like a hobby. <laughs> well. I love that. Yeah. Like coloring is actually a really effective uh, med- meditation practice. That's why a lot of like therapists will like yeah. use it with their clients in sessions. And same with knitting. Like, uh, I don't know if you know Tom Daly, the Olympic diver, but like he'll go to his Olympic yes. meets and he's like knitting while there because yeah. it helps to kind of like alleviate the pressure um, and the stress yeah. of all that. And I'm like, that's yeah. so cool. I love little activities like that where it just like gets your mind in relaxation mode. So this is, this is such cute. And it also just gets your hands. Yeah. Thank you. It's also just like the act of actually doing something with your hands Mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, watching TV, which which I love, but like you actually (laughs) engage your brain and your hands into something. So it's really, it's such a like, it's such a simple thing, but it's Mm -hmm. actually so effective. It's cute. I love it. I love it. I, I, I need to get, I need to try knitting because I, I've never gotten into it, but I have tried it. I, I feel like I need to get back into that. Yeah. Okay. Super cool. What's your go-to yeah. coffee order? I actually do not drink coffee. <gasps> you um, are like the third guest that I doesn't know. drink coffee. Blasphemy. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I get jittery when oh, I drink coffee mm-hmm. and I, I usually, if I have, I'll have like a matcha latte with oil, with oat milk okay. and a tiny bit of sweetener if I want something, but my go-to drink is kombucha. I love kombucha. <gasps> oh, I I'm love obsessed. kombucha. I used to make my own kombucha yes. and I would have like uh, the oh, scobies like, like in the dark underneath my bed and it would <laughs> oh make God. like kombucha from scratch. It's like kombucha <laughs> is so freaking good. <laughs> okay. I love, I love that. that. That's a good that's second. That's your bad. I love that. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, as a coffee addict, I will for, I will forgive you for for that kombucha. What's your favorite coffee order? Oh, honestly, I'm such a coffee purist. Like, I'm one of those like boring snobby people that's like, I will have an iced espresso because like I feel like milk <laughs> and sugar and flavoring dilutes the actual pure flavor tones of the bean. And I'm like, I just want it straight. I also, I consume so much coffee that if my coffee orders had milk, sugar, or flavoring in them. I would be a hundred times more unhealthy than I already am. <laughs> so I'm like, for, for my health's sake, like acting like I'm healthy, like because I'm so healthy. Fair enough. I drink <laughs> like iced espresso, iced Americano, or just like cold brew and just like keep it, keep it straight black. Simple. Yeah. Yeah. Simple okay. Better, yeah. Um, what is one thing that you regret spending money on? In 2010, I paid for a uh, yoga retreat mm. and it was $7,000. I was Ooh. so broke at the time. Ooh. So broke. And it was in Costa Rica. Oh, I beautiful. like it's the neighboring country mm -hmm. to Nicaragua. And I was like, oh, I definitely want to do that. And the promise was that you would learn how to become a yoga instructor. So I was like, oh my gosh, mm. I'm going to get that bag. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I sent them my money. <laughs> Two weeks later, haven't heard from them. <gasps> and still to this day, I have never heard from these it people. It was a scam. Seven Oh my Can you god. Believe I fell for that? Oh my god. That would yeah. be my 13th reason. Like, oh my god. That's <laughs> awful. That's so horrible. What the hell? Yeah, I chased after them. I was I was literally a broke 20-year-old and they knew this too, which is like what gets oh, what gets up. me really angry now is like you you they target people. They know who they're targeting. So I just fell for that. I mean, I have regrets of other purchases, but like it's stuff that I love to wear. Like I can't say, mm -hmm. you know, like these earrings. I love these earrings. They make yeah. me so happy. I feel but like that definitely you get used was a regret. Of, you know, if you're like using it, like then I don't think that's like a wasted, a wasted purchase. But seven thousand right. dollars down the drain, um, for the you know dream <laughs> yeah. of becoming a yoga teacher. That sucks. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> In Costa Rica. Oh my oh, god. That's a shame. Okay, well. It's actually embarrassing. <laughs> No, you're fine. Hey, scammers can, they can be really intense. And you were 20 years old. Yeah. It was a while ago. So you're all good. Okay. Yeah. Last rapid fire question, acting or social media, which would you prefer? If I had, uh, uh, I don't know, Angelina Jolie's career for sure acting because <laughs> it's my passion. I mean, I've been doing it for 16 years. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I've been doing it longer than I've like more, not longer than I've been alive. <laughs> More than half of my, you imagine like sit on my mother's womb, I know. <laughs> citing Shakespeare. Um, but yeah, I think acting would be because it's been it's been my dream. But mm -hmm. now that I'm doing social media more and more, I'm like I'm prioritizing social media every day, mm -hmm. and it's it's becoming it is such a passion of mine. So it's a hard it's a hard question to answer. Mm -hmm. But if I could have like an A lister's career. For sure. Acting. Acting. Okay. Okay. I love yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's such a good question. That's such a good question. <laughs> soon enough. You'll, you'll be there very soon. It is on the horizon. I, I believe it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> well, you. I want to um, first like uh, I want to kind of explore like where both your acting and your social media, you know, experiences, because like you said, you know, 16 years um, that you've been doing acting and then, you know, uh, you've been on YouTube. I saw videos from like, what, five, six years ago, like you've been doing it for like yeah. a while. So you've really 20. been able to have yeah. a lot of experience. Like where did your passion for, um, you know, acting come from in the first place? And then how did that or did it translate over into your passion for social media as well? Exactly. Exactly what you said. That's exactly okay. what happened. So in when I was eight years old, I have, have you seen the, the movie Little Princess? 
I yeah, it's yes. such a sweet. I love that yeah. movie. I mean, I recently like rewatched it, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's some like problematic aspects to this movie, but <laughs> it's like a beautifully filmed <laughs> movie, and I love like the the back the background score, uh, like the music, everything. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. I yeah, I, I completely agree with you because now rewatching it, it still makes me. It, I still cry. Mm-hmm. I still get all the feels, but then I'm like, whoa, like. <laughs> Oh, I can't like, believe they oh, did that. Imperialism. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's still a classic and it I is, still yeah. appreciate it. Um so when I watched that movie, I knew I knew I was like, okay, I, I really want to do what that little girl's doing. Mm-hmm. And I just happened to have the most supportive mother and siblings. Um my mom raised my my four brothers and sisters and me mm-hmm. on her own. Oh wow. And you know, as an eight-year-old, I told my mom I wanted to act, mm-hmm. and the next summer we went to Miami, and she went and got me an agent, got me my first headshots. Wow. You know, she saved her money to get me those pictures, and you know, I I forever and ever will appreciate my mom for that because she listened to me. You know, mm-hmm. she could have been like, "No, like you're just eight years old, you mm-hmm. don't know what you're doing, you don't know what you want," but she really listened to me, and then. Uh, you know, acting became my life. I moved to I moved to LA. I started acting there. Mm-hmm. I went to an acting conservatory, and then I went back and forth between LA, New York, and Miami. Mm-hmm. And then in 2014, I was I was in the acting conservatory, and I just stumbled upon uh, the world of beauty mm-hmm. on YouTube, and I was fascinated. No skincare talk back then. Yeah, this was 2014. Yeah, like, that was the no, makeup yeah. craze, like full coverage foundation, yeah. cut creases, blocked eyebrows. Yeah, that contour. Era. Yeah. Uh, exactly, <laughs> and I was fascinated. I had zero idea about makeup. Like I didn't even know what foundation was. Wow. I never used concealer. Um, but skincare has always been a big part of my family. My grandmother's 97. She does her morning and nighttime skincare routine. She oh still applies God, makeup. That's so beautiful. Um, yeah, my mom. Um, I remember she used to chase us around with like ponds <laughs> yes. and Estee Lauder. She would save money and like buy Estee Lauder and like we would all dip our little fingers Aww. and like put it on before school. That's so cute. And oh I know. And it, like growing up in Nicaragua, people don't like sunscreen is not a thing over mm-hmm. there. You just you're in the sun all day. And mm-hmm. like in Nicaragua, we're surrounded by lakes and volcanoes. Like mm-hmm. my school is outdoors. Yeah. It's all green. You play soccer at lunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right, right? I, I, yeah. thought, I thought I said that backwards. <laughs> you play soccer at lunch. I played basketball. I played all the sports. So um, skincare and sunscreen became like a, a, a permanent fixture because my mom ingrained it in us. So when fast forward to 2014, I started looking at all these like beauty videos and I was like, they don't talk about skincare. Mm-hmm. I was like, why doesn't anyone talk about SPF? And like you just realize it. it's just not common practice. It's not recommended and you know especially back then yeah and then I was like you know what I want to do that I want I think I can do that and then I I started doing my research I got myself my first DSLR I got myself a ring light I felt like such a pro (laughs) I mean I'm sure you felt like that when you got your first set of lights oh yeah I was like like, I am literally so professional right now with my ring (laughs) light (laughs) although I I always filmed with my phone and still to this day I film with my phone so you're like you're multiple steps ahead of me with the you know professional camera Love. Wait, that's so interesting. Yeah, Good for you. Thank you. You didn't, you didn't complicate it. No, yeah. yeah. And I like the main thing when I talk to people and they're like, oh, I want to make YouTube videos. Like I want to make content. And I'm like, do it. And they're like, oh, well, I don't have a nice camera. I love being able to say like, I still film with my iPhone. Like you can literally start anywhere. Just put it by a window and start filming. Like right. that, no excuses, you know? So yeah, That's thank you. such good advice. 
Yeah, because a lot of people can't afford it. I mean, mm-hmm. I couldn't afford it. I, you know, I sold an arm and a leg to get my first camera mm-hmm. and my first ring light. And that just, that just led to a whole world of like realizing I loved nutrition. I became a certified nutritionist. Oh, I went cool. vegan. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I became a lot more about nutrition and, and recipe videos. And that's where my love for cooking comes. And well, fun fact, in 20, I think it was like 2005, I moved to the U.S. Um, I was being, I was raised in Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. When I moved to the U.S., I got my first cooking show. And I was wow. a teen. I had a, like a cooking segments on this TV show that was going to be on like VH1. It didn't end up being on there, but my I became so obsessed with the idea of having like my own cooking show and like being in front of the camera in that capacity, not just acting. And I was like, yeah. I could do so much in front of the camera. Like there's so there's a whole world of you know. And then when I saw you two, I was like, that's exactly the same thing, mm-hmm. except I'm a I'm in control. I can do it myself. Yep, so exactly. it married both of those worlds perfectly. And, um, I never stopped making YouTube videos. I remember in 2019, I was in my apartment, I was living by myself and I started watching your videos. I started watching Susan Yara. I started watching. Yeah. And me too. I love her too. And I could not believe that I was still trying so hard, but I couldn't get anywhere. It was just like silence on my end. So it, but even though I didn't get anything, I didn't have views. I didn't have those things I still enjoyed making the videos mm-hmm. like I really loved watching my own content like yeah. as as, yeah. uh, as narcissistic as that sounds yeah, like I no, love you should lo- you should be proud yeah. of it you should be able to like you know like that's I think where some of the fun of it comes like you know being able to watch your own content be proud of it because otherwise I don't think you'd have the the energy or the passion to continue posting because for like the first you know like almost two years on my channel I I grew to I think like 1500 subscribers uh, during that time and most of my videos were getting like 10 20 views each and it was like for me I didn't I didn't mind at all because I was just like this is so much fun and I'm having a blast and the fact that just anyone is like clicking on these videos to watch it's so cool but I feel like at least for me that time really helped me to have a comfortability with being on camera and finding my own voice that really enabled the, you know, the growth later on to happen. And I feel like it's, it would be be the same with you. Like, I feel like that was able to prepare you for TikTok and everything that you're doing now. Yes, exactly. It's like a little training. You, I, Mm -hmm. I, you gave yourself some like time to train and like realize, okay, this is how I want to talk. And I'm more myself like this. And mm-hmm. cause I used to have this idea of like what a beauty influencer was mm-hmm. like, and I would try to replicate wh- how they spoke. And yep. now I look back and I'm like, Oh, that's so cringe. <laughs> oh my God. So bad. That means you've grown. If so you're different. cringing at your old self, if you're embarrassed of like where you were, that <laughs> means you've grown and like you've, you've come a long way. Oh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Like, I love, you know, kind of the experiences that you've had in in both worlds. And actually, like, kind of a a random question, because I know a lot of people are, like, talking about this right now. Um, And with your experience, like, getting into acting at such a young age, um, there's been a lot of conversation around, like, child actors. um, And specifically, like, I don't know if if you've read Jeanette McCurdy's new book, Um, I'm Glad My Mom Died. Um, I haven't. Yeah, I have, I've seen so many videos on the topic, but I have not read it. Oh, books. highly recommend it. I finished it in two days. Literally was like crying. Such oh, wow. a good, good book. But there has been a lot of like, you know, discourse and conversation around like uh, getting into acting at such a young age and, and if that's a good thing. And like, what was your experience with like acting at such a young age and starting a really positive one? Um, was it something that you look back on with like fondness? 
I really do because Good. my family never left me alone and they were so incredibly supportive. Good. Like my my older sister is like my second mom. Like my mom would be like, ask your sister for permission to go to that party. And <laughs> it was like that, you know, like yeah. I had I I was always so surrounded by you know, by people that were looking after me. Yeah. And I remember I would I would do like small commercials and, and to me that was just so fun. And I really do think it's so unfortunate if you, if you don't have the support, if you if you have parents that don't understand what the consequences could be mm-hmm. if they're if you're not taken care of, if you're not being watched, if you're not being treated well on set. And I I've seen it. I've seen it with close friends of mine who were such young actors and mm-hmm. they're lost. You know, it, it's hard to come back from a a reality that is so heightened. You know, I, I remember Justin Bieber said something like, you know, I was on stage every single night and like I was on this high all the time. So after tour, he would just have like huge depression spells. Yeah. And I get that. It's it's hard. I, I just, personally, I wouldn't want my kids to become child actors. I don't think I would want that. Yeah. Same for me too. Exactly like what you were saying. I personally feel the exact same. When I was little and I was like growing up on a cattle ranch in the middle of Arizona and I was seeing like Selena Gomez and like Demi Lovato on the screen and I was literally like, I will do anything in my power to become like yeah. a child actor. Like that was my dream. Yeah. And my parents were like, really? no way, it's not going to happen. They were like, we'll never support oh, wow. it. And so I was just like screw you guys. And I like literally (laughs) took on so many jobs to be able to like earn money to be able to get like a, a a shuttle down to Phoenix, Arizona, where all the auditions took place. I was like, I was so determined to make it happen. But looking back personally, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't go that route because I don't know if that like would have been like the best route for me to go. And I personally like don't know if like I would put my children into acting but I'm so glad that you've had like such a positive experience with it um and that it really helped to kind of build you into the person you are today and connect you with a lot of opportunities and that's like I I was able to so I haven't seen like all of your acting work um but I have seen like portions of it I've seen like um I was watching like different clips um and it's incredible to see the the type of roles that like you've taken on because some of them have been like really like you know dealt with some traumatic dark shit that's like very emotionally (laughs) raw like I like one of the scenes where you are you know um uh dealing with like domestic violence and and uh with your child like that is so freaking intense and like has it ever been challenging to kind of like put yourself in the shoes of the characters uh that are going through those experiences and like how how do you kind of like mentally work through that Oh my God. You know, first off, thank you so much for doing the research and for doing that at all. That's so amazing. Um, Yes and no. Yes and no, because it's hard to mentally take myself to a place where I have to, like, part of me has to believe in some part of my brain and body that I could be going through something like Mm -hmm. that. But then I have enough preparation because I went to an acting conservatory and I studied yeah. for years and years and years before that, that I know how to, I know how to access those parts of me that are vulnerable. And, uh, but it's definitely traumatic. Let me mm-hmm. tell you, it is traumatic. I, your body doesn't know the difference between me crying yes. because of my personal thing or me crying because I'm required to think that my, I just, you know, suffocated my, my baby, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it is, it is, it is traumatic and it right now I'm actually not stay. I'm kind of, kind of staying away from roles mm-hmm. like that because just for my mental health, like I have so much going on like with work and yeah. 
and all these things as soon as like a, a, a script comes across my desk where I'm just like that's a little too much mm-hmm. like I don't want to do that to myself right now and I Esther a year ago or two years ago would have never done that mm-hmm. Esther would have been like I'm I have to do this because you know I cannot say no um, yeah. and I'm learning how to say no to things and it's so much better because like for for example that that film I did um, I was so happy to do it I was so excited when I got the role because it went on to be shown at different um, women shelters and um, oh, wow. film, uh, yeah, and it was it was it was like a it was an example of what to look for in a relationship and mm-hmm. where to start recognizing the red flags. And I didn't realize that when we were filming it, you know, I was just like, oh great, I can add something to my reel, you know, yep. it's it's another project under my belt. Um, but the the significance of a role like that, and then. Like you said, like some of the things that I take on are so traumatic, mm-hmm. you know, God forbid you ever experience that in real life. But um, I think each each film and each project has such a a, a good journey. Yeah. And that's why I say yes to those type of projects. But it is hard. It is definitely hard, but it's also so fulfilling because I, at the end of the day, when I see it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I was able to do that. And part of me is like, of course you can. Like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? But it's it's really daunting it's definitely daunting you know mental health parameters for yourself and and prioritizing that over roles because like yeah i can when you talked about how your body doesn't know the difference between acting in real life i remember zendaya talking about that for euphoria you know her role going through such traumatic things and having to redo the scenes over and over and over again. And, you know, she talked about how it, it, it does negatively impact your mental health because your body is in that panic mode. It's in that adrenaline mode. It's, it's hard to differentiate that from, from a mental standpoint. And so the fact that you are able to kind of recognize when you should say no and, and prioritizing your mental health in that way is, is, a really great feat because it's in an industry that is very dead set on like you need to take every single opportunity that you can to just grow and put your name out there and all of that. And, and in line with that, like you've uh, through your content been such an advocate of like mental health and um, recognizing, you know, um, how people can improve their mental health and giving tips and recommendations and talking about your own experiences, like given your experience with acting and particularly, which I'll get into this uh, social media, which is a whole nother can of worms when it comes to how it impacts your mental health. Like what has your mental health journey been? And what are some of the things that you do to like, make sure that you're taking care of your mental health? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good at recognizing when something's affecting me and I will take myself out of the situation or, you know, I won't post that video or I won't take that audition. Mm -hmm. Um, because I've done it for so, so, so long, um, that I know I've sacrificed a big, big part of myself, like my, my sanity to, Mm -hmm. to, you know, be the uh, psychotic person on on screen, you know, mm-hmm. and and I know that I don't have to do that anymore. Like it's okay to step back from that. So that's as far as my journey. I I recognized that there are certain things that do affect me, and I and I know when to step away. And now when I want to, uh, when I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to deal with this thing, um, it's. I, I just have to be close to my family. Like I have to be close mm-hmm. to my friends. I have to have a, a supportive community. Sometimes I'll even go live if I'm feeling sad and it instantly, 
instantly reconnects me to my people, like the people mm-hmm. that follow you on your screen who have, mm-hmm. who don't know you. They don't know you, but they are there. Like yeah. they give you genuine advice and, and they're always interested in what I'm doing or, you know, what I'm talking about or, mm-hmm. you know, we just talk about videos or we talk about skincare or at the moment, like I can just sit in front of a camera and do my makeup for them. Yeah. And it is a sort of therapeutic experience because they don't know what I'm going through, but at the same time, I'm finding so much comfort and just mm-hmm. having a bit of connection with them. Um, and actually, now that I moved to LA, we were just talking about this. Yeah. I've, I started struggling more with anxiety because mm. I moved away from my family. And I feel like I'm developing, this is crazy, I feel like I'm developing a separation anxiety oh, in really? my 30s. Okay. Yes, isn't that crazy? That is wild. Yeah, yeah, and I, oh my God. And I started recognizing that. And then, so I'm kind of retraining myself, like, you're, you're traveling alone again. Um, you know, this is, you're going to have to do this for the rest of your life. There are, there are moments where I'm going to be away from my family for two to three weeks and I have to be able to cope, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I've gotten so much better in the past two months, but it was definitely scary. I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm actually crying. I feel, you know, I don't know if you guys experienced this, but like when you as a kid would go to a sleepover and you're in someone's house, you don't know the parents, you don't, you, I mean, you're friends with the kid, but you're not home. You don't mm-hmm. feel safe. And I don't know if you ever got that feeling when you would yeah, go to sleepovers definitely. like that. Yeah. And I was, I, I started feeling that homesickness feeling and it was just like, mm-hmm. I want to call my mom and tell her to come pick me up. You know, like that's yeah. the feeling that I was getting. Like mom, get over here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's challenging. Like I, I'm a firm believer that everyone at one point in their life should move to a new area that they're, you know, maybe not super familiar with, move away from their family, like have an opportunity to redefine yourself because it's such a drastically, you know, self-development phase of your life that I think is really beneficial. I think it's so good to really redefine yourself in that way. But the reality is that it's hard as fuck. Like when I first moved oh. to Hawaii, I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm because I didn't have a good relationship with my family. So it was liberating in a lot of ways in order to move to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right. when I first moved here, I was like, oh my God, like this is amazing. I'll <laughs> redefine myself. I'm going to become a new person. Yeah. <laughs> and people don't talk about how difficult it is because you are put in a very new environment where you don't know people where you're uncomfortable you don't have the support system in the same way that you had before but you become so strong because of it which is why I think everyone should do it so like props to you for being able to do that and like taking that you know big leap of faith because uh it's it's not anything to you know discount at all it's it's it takes a lot of courage and it's hard to make friends as an adult, like to, oh, to actually yes. make friends that care about you. Yes. It is. I, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it's uh, it's definitely a, a, a self-worth and a self-recognition mm-hmm. journey. Like you, you start recognizing the things that you don't like about people. And I'm like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, I see that in so many people that I meet in L.A. I'm like, but you can't do that all the time. Yeah. You have to accept them. <laughs> Yes. I can't be this like little judgmental thing in like in the corner of every single event I go to like, okay, no, 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 you know? Oh my God. No. Yeah. It's, it's hard. tricky. Like after college, 
that's when I realized like, holy fuck, it is so hard to like meet new people and like make friends. And especially like when you've grown to a point and, and let me know if like you can relate to this too, but like as you work on your mental health, as you kind of figure out the person who you are and the type of people that you want to surround yourself with, it really shrinks the friend pool a lot because you're like you were saying before, it's like, I feel that sometimes it can be definitely judgmental, but sometimes it's like, for me, at least I'm like, I'm very protective of the energy, uh, in, you know, in my life and the people that I surround myself with. And I want to make sure that I'm only surrounding myself with people who inspire me to be better and people who I look up to, but that also makes it hard as fuck to like make new friends because you're just like, there's so many it's just so difficult. And a lot of times the environments that are more social environments, you know, maybe you don't necessarily always see like the best traits of people. So it's, it's really difficult. I feel you on that, but like, you know, with time, I feel like friendships come with time and just with persistence. So like you'll, you'll find your group, you know, you'll, you'll get Yeah. I've actually already made a couple of friends like um, Sarah Palmira. I'm sure you've. Oh yeah. uh, Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah, we've become friends, and she's so, so sweet. And she's the type of person that I can actually talk to, especially about uh, social media. We, mm-hmm. we both have similar jobs. And it's always hard to find people that you can actually be honest with mm-hmm. about these, like, topics that a lot of people don't understand what my job is. You know, yeah. they think she's just making videos. Like, that's so weird. You know, like, <laughs> even some of my family, they're like, what do you do? Like, how do you, how does that work? And, like, I'm like... Yep. It's fine. It's just like I, I say, it's fun, but it's it's also hard when you can't really speak to people that don't understand. So yeah. I've been able to make some new friendships, and it's it's so refreshing. But at the same time, I like you said, I'm so protective of my energy, and I don't want to let anybody in who might have not that they always do, but like an ulterior motive or even my mm-hmm. time, like mm-hmm. giving my time or like go, going to certain things, it's, it can be draining. And I'm always in the back of my mind. I'm like, Oh my God, I have to film this or mm-hmm. I should be memorizing lines or I should be doing oh, all these things. Yes. And then I feel guilty if I don't do yes. that. And then I'm like, no, I start disconnect. It's fine. <laughs> so when you meet, when you meet the right kind of people, all of that kind of goes away. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm having fun. I'm just going to relax. So I intu- intuitively know I'm like, you're my peeps. I know that I'm, I'm good with you. I'm safe. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, everything you said, I completely relate to. And, and the thing I've noticed with like really quality friendships is that they, at least for me, have come with time. Like it's not necessarily the people where it's like, oh my God, it's not always, at least it, it depends. But I've noticed that a lot of the people who I hold closest, um, you know, to me are the friendships that really developed like over time and a lot of experiences and, you know, um, similarities and learning about each other. So it just like takes time. That's in my opinion, the hardest part of like moving to a new area is finding those friendships. But once you do, it just like makes, makes everything better. Um, so congratulations on your move. I kind of want to ask you about, you know, your, I love that you were born in Nicaragua. Sorry, you were born in Miami, but were raised in Nicaragua. Um, Nicaragua, I think, yeah, yeah, that's incredible. Um, I'm actually uh, this year going, I really want to go to Nicaragua. I'm going to Guatemala. (laughs) I really want to. I'm like trying to go, but same like type of area, everything. um, And similar, you know, um, 
with volcanoes and everything. It just looks absolutely yes, beautiful. Yeah. And I've heard like um, the food is like amazing in Nicaragua. Yes. I've heard so many incredible things about it. Like, tell me ab- about what it was like being raised, uh, being raised there, and then you know the move and kind of the the changes and shifts that happened to you as like a person. I'm I'm like so fascinated and interested. Uh, first off, if you're going to go to Nicaragua, you need to tell me when so I can be there and show you around yes. for a couple of days. Oh my God, I would so absolutely Thank you. love that. that would be for so sure. Fun. I mean, I go like three or four times a week, a uh, year. So like I'm always okay. looking for any excuse to go. Um, yeah. And I'm lucky enough that I can film there too. So I, you know, it's not that big of a burden, you know, to yeah. take off a few days and go over there and show you. Um, but awesome. you know, it was, it was amazing. I, you know, I say it, Nicaragua is the land of lakes and volcanoes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went to a school where, you know, we were surrounded by trees and, you know, nearby there are lakes and you just have access to so much nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, I played so many sports. I was always in the sun. I, I enjoyed, I thoroughly enjoyed being a child living there. It was, That's good. it's definitely frame. Yeah. It's such a different experience because when you live in the city, and then you go to the pueblos, like the smaller towns that's in mm-hmm. surrounding the city. There, you have so much freedom as a child. Like people, you do, you have a soccer ball and you go with your friends to the nearby parks yeah. or fields and then you just play. And there isn't that sense of like urgency, like, oh, we can't, we shouldn't go there. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, so when I finally moved to Miami and it was my last year of high school, it oh, was, wow. it was okay. honestly culture shock. It's, yeah, oh, yeah, I can only describe it as. A, a real culture shock. It was the first time that I was exposed to. Um, okay, so uh, before I get there, I actually mm-hmm. was uh, severely bullied when I was in living in Nicaragua because oh, I was really? always modeling, um, you know, doing commercials, oh. and I think that that kind of um, made me like an outsider to mm. some of the kids in my in my school. Oh, so sucks. they saw me as. You know, like, oh, what? Like, she's doing this and she thinks she's all that, which mm-hmm. I, I get it. You know, kids can be so mean. And they, mm-hmm. I'm sure that so many of them look back and think, like, why, you know, why did I do that? But um, it was definitely hard for me. So that's why I say, like, my, my siblings are my best friends. Like, mm-hmm. they protected me all the time. My sister would try to fight anybody who came at me. And, <laughs> you know, my twin brother was the same. And that's awesome. it was always such a nice. Yeah. And I, I've I've always had such a really close relationship with them because of that and um so yeah my last year of high school was in Miami and that was the first time I saw belly button piercings and like <laughs> you know parties were like I'm not saying it was euphoria but like I never <laughs> yeah, was basically. allowed to go to party <laughs> yeah and I was like oh my god they really do that here <laughs> and I I had a very thick accent and I remember like one of the first things I had to try to do was get rid of my accent so mm. I would try to like blend in and um I was also like one of the Negroes in school. So like, I, I remember a boy telling me who, who was actually Nicaraguan at the time. And he said, mm-hmm. you know, there's a bet going around, uh, between some of the football players to see who can, who can get you first, you know? And I was like, Oh my goodness. Oh my God. Uh. And I was like, that, that just would never happen. And he got out. I'm like, this is, yeah. this is like high school. It's like American high school. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's such a different, um, dynamic. Um, so yeah, growing up in Nicaragua was, was really beautiful. Of course, you know, you still have your bullying, but when you come to the U S it's such a different experience. It's so like the bullying is like magnified. It's like, let's see how mean we can be and it get and it gets there really quick. So I was definitely glad I only did one year of high school there because I was Mm -hmm. also not, I, 
I was always I was always auditioning or like on the mm-hmm. weekends I would be filming. Um, you know, I did a lot of radio as well. So like I was always doing other things other than school. So like my mm-hmm. priority was never to be like an A plus student. You know, I yeah, didn't really yeah. invest invest my time in that. So it's <laughs> just so bad too. Like looking at <laughs> I'm like, damn, I got away with a lot. I got away with it. <laughs> hey, you know, it's different paths. You know, tra- I'm a firm believer that traditional education is not a, you know, determining factor of like, whether or not you're going to be successful. So and you were, you know, you were working, then you were making it happen. And yeah, I mean, yeah, that would be really difficult moving during high school, like, especially at that time of your life, yeah. like, uh, moving over and yeah. experiencing all that culture shock while simultaneously working and trying to go to school. I mean, I f- find it f- fascinating, like, kind of see, I love hearing um, from people who lived in other countries and like moved to the USA kind of like what their contrasting experiences were of where they you know were raised versus um, the USA now and I feel like you know the the USA has just like, it has a lot to work on in terms, well, for everything, but especially in terms of like, you know, recognition of, of immigrants, of minorities, of, you know, people who are essentially non-white, like there's so much work we have to do. And like, one of the things I love about your content is your pride in, you know, your heritage and growing up in Nicaragua and of you as a Latina and talking about your experiences. Like, I think it's, it's beautiful that you highlight that so much because it's exactly what we need in social media, in media representation overall. There just needs to be more, not only diversity, but just recognition of the individual experiences and the individual things that, you know, um, people from Nicaragua or anywhere else can offer. So like, I'd love to hear from your perspective, like, what was that contrast like in terms of, you know, going into the acting world and going into the social media world? And what do you think we could really work on, you know, in the USA as a country in terms of recognizing more, uh, more people who are like question. you? Yeah, such a good question. So Thank you. Um, when I, when I started social media, I didn't, know any other Nicaraguans like I had mm. like this was like back in 2014 but even like in 2020 I just didn't know of anybody who was doing what I was trying to do mm-hmm. who spoke fluent Spanish who spoke fluent English who li- had lived in their country and also in the U.S. you know it's kind of hard to find that dynamic mm-hmm. um, and I quickly realized that I was either it's like we're separated there's the Latin group that speaks Spanish mm-hmm. and then there's the Latin group that doesn't speak Spanish or they don't know how to speak it well and they get shamed for that mm-hmm. um, I'm in the group that speaks you know Spanish is my first language so mm-hmm. um, I it, it, it's kind of and it's it's such a real thing it really does happen but transitioning into TikTok and I, at first I think a lot of people didn't realize a lot of people thought that I was um, uh, Filipino or Indian mm. or you know they mm. would they didn't really know where I was from and I was like oh that's kind of cool like they don't you know and when I started talking more about being a Nicaraguan I I got so many comments from girls saying like wow like I'm so glad I found you you speak Spanish like you understand a lot of them were Nicaraguan or Central American oh. and they don't have that representation they yeah. don't they don't see girls that look like me or you know they don't see somebody that they're not reflected in in social media so like Mm -hmm. i think that's one of the biggest most important things about inclusivity is seeing people that are like you on screen whether it's in film and tv and then social media of all places we all use our phones all day Mm -hmm. long how many times have i seen a girl that is from nicaragua or looks like me or speaks spanish or Mm -hmm. 
talks about the things that I talk about. It's so, so rare. So yesterday I went to a TikTok dinner and I'm in the Latinx creatives program on TikTok. That's awesome. I'm so, yeah, I'm so grateful to be a part of it. So it was my first time ever attending a Latinx creatives program Mm -hmm. dinner or event. And I met so many people that do exactly what I do. A lot of them are Puerto Rican or Mm -hmm. Colombian, uh, Peruano, uh, Mm -hmm. Peruvian. And (laughs) it was, yeah, it was such a breath of fresh air. But even then, it's a small group. Um, (laughs) So I think that what TikTok is doing, that they have their different programs, so representative of different ethnicities, I think that's wonderful. And I think there needs to be more of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's also just accepting and and just looking at different types of content you know people need to expand their minds and like be open to not just the skincare and not mm-hmm. just the makeup like what i do but also like all the cooking and or like people who walk around and give money to street vendors yeah. like so many people so many create and it's just such a wonderful thing or like even like knitting like now that i'm getting more into knitting i'm, I'm finding all these different knitting accounts That's and awesome. it just blows my mind like every niche has its own corner of the internet that is Mm -hmm. so like fully fleshed out there are so many people but you just don't see their accounts on your for you page yeah um and i think yeah i i you know it would be it would be wonderful it wouldn't it to like just see like all these different accounts and like uh, worldly people and just uh, different countries like i don't see anything in spanish on on my for Mm -hmm. you page that Mm -hmm. drives me insane yeah how does that how I don't know. Yeah, I, I would have expected like at some point that you would, right. you know, you would be on a, a Spanish speaking TikTok. Like that kind of surprises me. Yeah, I have to actively search out for like different hashtags or, oh. or just the words, like whatever I'm looking for in Spanish, I translate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there is so much work to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just starting with the person who's watching this podcast, you know, like expand your mind a little if you're interested in I don't know. You could be interested in Caribbean cuisine. Mm-hmm. Start searching it on your on your search bar on TikTok, and you will organically start getting all these videos on your for you page, like different accounts and like, uh, you know, gardening. Like it's so interesting. Like the 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 amount of content that is out there that is ready for consumption that is yeah. so interesting and might be a little bit different than what you're used to. But at the end of the day, you want to be exposed. I mean, isn't that what social media about it yeah. is about? Like finding accounts and new things. It's been so groundbreaking for like inclusivity and recognizing minorities and people who may have traditionally not have, who have never been, you know, represented in mainstream, mainstream media. And I think TikTok has really, uh, one of the reasons I love it and I absolutely love my For You page is because it's just so rich in diversity and culture and so, like all of the world, different experiences. Like there, there's so many, you know, like uh, black content creators, um, you know, doing incredible things on my For You page, indigenous content creators from like way up in the north of like uh, Canada or Alaska, whom I would have never thought to like choose to consume that content necessarily like explicitly but now I get to watch so much of their content and I think it's really incredible to see and I and I, I really kind of like what you were saying your for you page is basically like what you make of it and if you choose to you know engage with that type of content it'll really help to like open your mind and I think TikTok for me personally I don't, I don't know if you agree but I have become so much more knowledgeable about social issues um, cultural issues just other cultures um, practices you know of people in other countries and just different lifestyles and it's opened my mind 
a thousand times more than even just a few years ago when I didn't have TikTok. And I think that's the really beautiful thing. And that's why I think it's so awesome that you and other content creators are really putting your culture, putting your heritage, you know, your own personal life um, experiences at the forefront of like what you do and being very, very open about it. Because I think that's not only what will set you apart as a content creator, but it'll also help to really like open up people's minds and get them to recognize and identify other people from, you know, other life experiences. And so I, I think it's awesome. Like, thank you for doing that. What well, also in relation to Nicaragua, um, I was, I saw that you are passionate about philanthropy work and that you actually like have done work. Is it, you've done work or like you consistently donate to a nonprofit organization that's based out of Nicaragua? Nicaragua? Yeah. It's called Adan, A-D-A-N dot O-R-G. Adan, Aiden, I guess Aiden.org <laughs> in English. Um, and it's, yeah, it's such a wonderful organization. I have a huge, huge, huge love for dogs. I mm -hmm. mean, my dog is right there sleeping. <laughs> um, and in Nicaragua, unfortunately, we have a huge problem of just stray oh, dogs on mm -hmm. the street who have, you know, they don't have homes. There's, there's an overpopulation of them and it's, it's really horrible. It's, mm -hmm. it's really, really, really sad to see. And these, this organization takes dogs off the street. They nurture them nurse them back to health. Um, they have different doctors uh, that they have access to. They get donations. And then basically the animals get to live out the rest of their lives there oh. or they are, they get, they, yeah, they get adopted and it's so, so sweet awesome. and I love it so much. Yeah. So I've been, I've been working, I've been, do, I've been donating for about a year now and I'm actually starting to work with them now where I'm going to start making content and talking oh, that's about it awesome. on, my, on my TikTok. And I'm so excited to see yeah, you. Yeah. Because yeah, there there aren't a lot of organizations like that in Nicaragua, and when I do find them, it's essential. It's it, we cannot afford to not uh, help and promote these organizations mm -hmm. that have actual resources that are actually doing something mm -hmm. good because it's hard to find that, and you you might see it in a different country, but when you know I'm from there, so I yeah. see what they're doing. Uh, it, it's hard to quantify in your mind, like oh wait, is my money really going yeah. towards medication or anything like that? So that's that's a huge, huge, huge part. And and uh, another thing that I love doing is donating skincare and makeup to women's shelters, mm. uh, homeless shelters. Um, I've been doing that for two years now. That's and awesome. in Miami here, I yeah, I donate to Camille's house. And every time, like, they know me so well. And I just, I am so happy to do mm -hmm. that. Like, that's the least I can do. I have so much access to all of these beauty brands and makeup and skincare and clothes and hair care and body care. And it's unrealistic for me to just keep it all and have a huge ginormous closet of it because yeah. I, I can, I can choose to do that. But why would I do that when I know that there, I can try things out, I can review it. And if I like it, I'll, I might keep one product. And this is my rule. I keep one makeup product from all the boxes I get. The rest is either donation. I do a lot of giveaways. But the donation pile is always the biggest pile because I know that these are women that don't have access to these products. Mm -hmm. They might never be able to get to use an hourglass blush, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. They might, yeah, and they don't have access to it. And a lot of them are looking for jobs. A lot of them need preparation. A lot of them, you know, don't have access to hair care. And a lot of women don't know how to take care of their hair. It's You can't just use a bar of soap for the rest of your life, yeah. you know? It's not... Yeah, they deserve nice to, to be able to nice like things. pamper themselves and to have that, you know, like uh, experience. I love that. That's so cool. I'll, by the way, these organizations yeah. that she's talking about, I will have 
them listed in the description box below if you guys are watching on YouTube. Like, thanks for shouting them out. Yay. I'm such a huge That's proponent funny. of just, like, you know, um, philanthropy and charity work and getting involved, helping the community in whatever way it looks like. I think it should be celebrated, like yeah. no matter what it is, if it's dogs, if it's humans, if it's makeup, you know, whatever it may be. I think, I think that's beautiful. So like, thank you for talking about that. Cause that is something I firmly believe in. And I have to like hold myself back on yeah. my personal pages from not just like talking about like charity work and philanthropy oh. all the time. Oh, <laughs> Cause God, I'm like, course. I want to talk about thank it. Thank you time. for asking me though, because a lot of people don't really ever ask that question. Like I do interviews and they don't really ask those things. And I'm like, it's interesting because that's, that's, that's what sets people apart. You know, you start realizing the values and who you should be supporting because these are the people that are going to be talking about these social issues yeah. and why, why? So I'm sure you feel that you can't talk about it on your on your socials much because it, it upsets people. It's just yeah. Um, I think it. I if I would like talk about it personally like all the time if I could like that would be like the majority of my content but I think you know and you understand this people primarily follow me for skincare related content yeah. and so you know if yeah. there's a influx I think of just like a lot of content that's focused on that it doesn't necessarily appeal to uh, uh, like the main uh, reason why people are watching my videos or watching right. my content. And that's so, totally fair. Yeah, I try to keep it yeah, balanced. Totally you know, that's fair. why for me, I have my, yeah. my brand selfless, which incorporates, you know, um, charitable work into it so that I know like it can create something that is doing the work, even if I am not able yes. to post about it as much as I want. And that's why I love that. Like right. you talk about it. I mean, thank you for sharing those. Cause I, I think any nonprofit work is, is amazing that people are getting involved in. And I think it's awesome. I'm also excited to see your content around it as well. Um, and just finally, I want to say thank you so much yeah. for coming on the podcast. Like this has been such a good conversation. Oh gosh, I love yes. how multifaceted of a person you are, just the, the duality um, that's present in, in the way that you speak and kind of not only your page, but just you as a person, I think is really beautiful. And, and oh you just, God, I can tell so you have sweet. a really good heart. And so <laughs> thank you so much. I'll stop fangirling now. Thank, <laughs> so you. thank you so much for coming <laughs> on. <laughs> Where can people find you on social media? Oh my God. Esther Tanya, Esther Tanya J, letter J at the end, both on Instagram and TikTok. Um, on YouTube, I'm Esther. Honestly, I don't even know. <laughs> I think I'm Esther Tanya. <laughs> I'm Esther Tanya. I might be Esther Tanya. And no, I, yes, I'm sure now. I'm sure. It's Esther Tanya. And I also have my cooking channel, yes. which is Sal y Limon, which translates to salt and lime. Um, and I post almost every single day on TikTok. It is life. Yep. It is my baby <laughs> and it will always be there. Thank you so much for having me. You are so fun Thank you. and so kind. I, everything I'm telling you, you just understand me and you can go off of what I'm saying because you have similar experiences and that's really valuable. I love that. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate the kind words. No, it's honestly an honor having you on. Yeah. Everyone who's watching or listening, make sure you go follow her accounts and make sure you also subscribe to the Just a Physician podcast channel, uh, the YouTube channel. We post the videos there and make sure you go listen on whatever platforms you listen to your podcast episodes on. Thank you so much again for coming on and this has been a presentation of Cadence 13 and Honesty Studio. New episodes out every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and I will see you guys in the next one. Mwah.